Hello, and thanks for listening to another edition of Baseball and Beyond. I'm Brad Strobinger, your podcast friend. Today we head back to 1998. Bob Euchre was in town with the Milwaukee Brewers. We talk everything from Mr. Baseball to Mr. Belvedere with Bob Euchre. Euchre, welcome to St. Louis. I know you're familiar with this town. Absolutely. This is one of my favorite places to, to be, no matter if it's baseball or not. Uh, I spent two of the best years of my, uh, my, my life, not my baseball career here in St. Louis, and uh, <clears throat> I love coming back here. I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow, Willie McGee Day here, and a uh, big crowd going to be on hand. going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk about uh, your career. I know you've got a, a few hits in your career. I know you've made fun of it, but uh, the uh, 64 World Series, you were a part of it. I know McCarver got some starting time there, and you kind of helped him out on the bench. Well, it was, uh, I, I guess it got to the point where we wanted to win, you know. Um, we won the pennant in 64 in the World's Championship with Timmy, and the next year, we finished sixth with the exact same team, uh, only I played a lot more. I played a lot more in 65, which took us from first to sixth, so uh, I was proud of that. You don't see many 65 Cardinals uh, tributes back then. You hear about the 64, but not the 65 Cardinals. Well, you know, we had a, I've been here for a couple of reunion, Cardinal reunions. Uh, we did a 20 and a, and a, I think we did a 10 and a 20-year reunion. I'm looking for a 40-year job. Uh, I hope we're all around yet for a 40-year reunion, but... Um, I, I really had a lot of fun playing here. I, I did uh, I did a show last night with Mike Shannon and Bob Gibson, <clears throat> excuse me, following the game, and we, we we sat there and laughed for an hour about the things that happened uh, during those two seasons that I was here with the Cardinals. And uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that play baseball for a lot of years and are 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 big time and big name players who have never been to a World Series and uh, you know I, I feel bad for guys like that that have never had the opportunity to, to, to experience that. The guy that comes to mind for me all the time is Ernie Banks. He was such a great player and a Hall of Famer and, and never experienced a World Series. There's a lot more but um, that, that to me was one of the highlights of my career the day that the Braves informed me uh, during the spring of 1964 that I was going to be traded to the, uh, to the St. Louis Cardinals and uh, we went on to win that year and uh, you know everything else is, is history but just to, just to be able to wear that ring and and uh, and to say that you were a part of the uh, the championship season here is something that a lot of players can't do. Is that the ring right there? Is that the one? Uh, this this is a light beer ring. No, we can't talk about that. We're in St. Louis. That's Miller. We don't talk Miller. We're drinking 100 cases a day. No, this is a championship ring. Yeah, they're they're a lot bigger now, but uh, yeah, that's a World Series ring and. Uh, Mine's adjustable because there were, you know, different players coming in to wear it all the time. So, <laughs> but no, we had a good time here. We really did. I was talking to Red Shandies before the game today. Johnny Keane was the manager in '64, and then Red took over the next year, and uh, uh, it, it was it was it was great here. I mean, just even coming back here to play in this ballpark uh, after I got traded uh, was was nifty. I look at this park now. It's going to be kind of sad to see this place go. I know there's a new ballpark in the making now, but when you look around here and see the see the way they've renovated this place and the things they've done, uh, this to me is, is baseball here, man. I, I love this place. I really do. Yeah, you hit like 212, 215. No yeah, offense. No, no. You're a little high there. Uh, <laughs> uh, they call you Mr. Baseball, though. How did I mean? Is that that's pretty good that for a guy who who didn't do what uh, McGuire's done or what Babe Ruth has done, you're Mr. Baseball. I think that's kind of an accomplishment. Well, I could have done those things, but I always look down the road. You know, I mean, anybody can go out and hit 300. You try and hit 200 and hang around the big leagues for five years, that is really hard. Uh, people say, well, it's easy to strike out. That's not true. Big league pitchers, sooner or later, somebody's going to hit your bat. 
So to have the ability to swing and lift or lower to avoid the baseball when it comes through the hitting zone, those are things that you learn uh, during the offseason. I, I never practiced during spring training <clears throat> because I didn't want to tip my hand. And I mean, if I had good years, year after year after year, you know what they do? You hit 310 one year, the next year they want you to hit 320. You hit 320, they want you to hit 330. So I always tried to hang around um, maybe 190, 200, maybe uh, three or four RBIs a year, just so they're not going to put pressure on you the following year. Try to get them in September where you you know you got something to deal uh, deal with for the coming year. Um, you didn't have multi-year deals in. I remember Bing Devine sitting right behind us here. I think my best year, my biggest year salary-wise here was St. Louis. I think I made $13,000, and seven of that came from selling other players' equipment. So, you know, I mean, if you had a glove, if you wanted a glove or something, I'd take somebody's glove and I'd sell it. I, I, didn't, I didn't have a problem with that. You and Johnny Carson are friends. Talk just about uh, all those appearances because, as we said, again, another 100 hitter. We'll say 100. Let's go with that because, sure. you know, they don't they call it the Mendoza line, but you're way under that, obviously. Um, but the appearances on Johnny Carson, you became, did you become good friends with him, and how's that relationship going? Uh, I did... Uh, I did shows, I don't know, I started, I think the first show I did, I did like in 19, uh, 1969 was the first one, and all the way through his final show, and uh, I, I would do four or five shows a year, I, I think I did something like 100 shows, and yeah, we got to be really good friends, and I, I don't see Johnny anymore, I see Doc Severinsen from time to time, and Ed McMahon, but uh, you know, I never took that stuff serious, I, I wasn't serious about show business and any of that other stuff, I, baseball, everything I do revolves around baseball, but uh, I had some great times on the Tonight Show. I mean, the first show I ever did with him in New York, he didn't think I played ball. He asked Ed McMahon after the game, did that, I'm not going to tell you what he said, so-and-so really play baseball. And uh, he didn't. He, he never thought I played. He really didn't. But, but I had a great time there all the time. You're going to get to the radio booth, but I guess the biggest accomplishment was uh, Mr. Belvedere, right? Yeah, we had, a, we had a lot of fun. I still see those people uh, from the series. Um, it ran for six years, which is a pretty good run for a... Uh, 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 sitcom and uh, uh, the girl who played the daughter just had uh, she just had her second child the, old, the oldest guy, the guy who played the oldest son is a producer and director in Hollywood uh, the younger guy Bryce Beckham is uh, I believe he's a senior now at USC and Christopher Hewitt who played Mr. Belvedere uh, whatever he's doing he's eating I know that I don't know what he's doing but I know he's eating and uh, the lady that played my wife, Eileen Graff, is still working and singing in L.A. Uh, they're all doing very good, absolutely. So as a child actor, you were a good TV dad. Let's just say that, right? You've, you've groomed those children very well. You know, it's really funny how you, uh, you live with those kids uh, for that amount of time, and you really do become a, 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 like a father. I mean, they, they do come to you with problems, and, and I did what I did with my kids, slap them, tell them to get the hell away, you know? Um, uh, no, they, they were great. They were, that sounds no. like my dad. No, they were great kids. No, they were great kids. I, I love them to death. and um, uh, they, None of them are in show business anymore. I mean, I guess they had enough of it then, and except for Rob, the oldest guy, who won an award uh, a couple of years ago. He does a lot of stuff with the, uh, with the uh, Navy flying team, and uh, he's traveled the world with them, uh, done great documentaries, and they're all doing very, very well. It was a lot of fun. Thank you very much, but before we go, i got to have a little Harry Doyle. I mean, that's, I love the Harry Doyle. You made major, let's, did you ad-lib a lot of that in the last couple ones, or was that all scripted? It seemed like it was all ad-libbed uh, from the uh, two and three, at least. No, it was, it was all ad-libbed. They gave me an outline and said, be this guy, you know, and I could, I could do whatever I wanted. It, it, it adds a little more work um, because 
you're, you're constantly doing ad lib lines and, and they say do more like that, do another one like that, more stuff like that. Uh, you know, some of the stuff is scripted, but uh, when writers write things, they get a lot of money to do it. So if you ask, instead of saying, I'm not going to read this, could I try this or can we do this? Everybody's for it and I think it works better that way. And um, yeah, some of the, I mean, we had a lot of fun making the films. I mean, the third one stunk, man. That thing was on a third, that, the third one was uh, back to the miners, I think. That thing was on an airplane the next day after we finished it. It was terrible. But um, first two were a lot of fun. Just a bit outside.